This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thanks so much for being here today. I'm so grateful for you. I hope you find some encouragement and love in this podcast episode today with Lisa Anderson. Lisa is the mother of five. She's also the founder of Drawers Co., a color-coded clothing for kids, uh, specifically underwear. Sizes indicated by color, right? Like how many times have you been like, I don't know whose underwear this is. Uh, but this is a great concept. But Lisa is, her Instagram is Thriving Motherhood, and uh, she is an encourager over there. I mean, if you go over there, you will be encouraged. Encouraged to honestly simply appreciate the way you do motherhood. Uh, these days can be hard, and it feels hard because it is hard, but you're doing it anyway. That is a quote from Lisa. One of the messages on Lisa's Instagram that I read before the interview that I really took to heart is, if you are struggling, you're growing. Think about that. That's the truth. Uh, I hope that you find the connection in this episode helpful. I'm pretty sure I was pretty vulnerable in this one. It was mid-December when I was going through some health-related anxieties of my own, and I think I just put it all out there. So maybe you can relate to some of it, and I hope more than anything that Lisa is an encouragement to you because I know for sure she was an encouragement to me. If you do enjoy this podcast, please leave us a quick rating and review on iTunes, uh, Spotify, and let your mom friends, your dad friends, your friends who care about kids, let them know about this podcast. That's how we're going to grow. And if this is an encouragement to you, hopefully it'll be an encouragement to someone else. All right. And this podcast is part of the Sandy Boy Productions podcast network. Go check out all the shows in our network at sandyboyproductions.com. I also host a podcast for runners. It's called All Have Another. And if you run it all or know someone who is a runner, they might enjoy or you might enjoy that show. So go check it out. All right, friends. Enjoy my conversation with Lisa. Today on Why Is Everyone Yelling? We have Lisa. Anderson on the podcast. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, fun fact, your last name is my maiden name. Oh, is it really? With S-E-N too? S-E-N. Oh, that, that is, that's awesome. Can you believe it? Nobody has yeah. an S-E-N. I know. When I married my husband, he's like, okay, you're going to have to tell everybody S-E-N for the rest of your life. Oh. <laughs> and it's true. Story of my life. Everybody spells it S-O-N. I actually think that we have a family member who on their gravestone, it is S-O-N and like people, we just left it. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> it was just like, everybody was like, oh, it's fine, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, funny. Anderson. And then people would always say Anderson Windows because that was like the one Anderson with an S-E-N that was like a, yeah. a well-known thing. But yeah, there's not a lot yeah. of us. Yep. There's not. That's so fun. I have now been a Hein for almost 15 years though. So, but I, you know what? I still spell the name H E I N because people yes. want to say H I N E. Yeah. So you were used to it though. So it was probably good. Yes. But you were prepared for that. So how, how's life going into the holidays for you and your family right now? Um, you know what? This feels like my, my most underprepared holiday season yet. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a fifth child last year, two days after Christmas, 
And so that's kind of been a lot. And I started a business and my kids are really busy with sports. And so I'm like, wow, today I even sat down. I'm like, I better figure out what I'm doing. So, but it's great. I feel like we're just kind of taking things slow and not getting too stressed and it'll be fine. It'll work out. Yeah, you are in a unique situation with big kid life and actual baby life as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Living two, two seasons of motherhood at the same time. You know, most of us have babies, you know, within the first like 10 years altogether. And then we move on to these next phases. But you're really like going through it all. What ages are your kids? Yeah, it's wild. Um, so my oldest just turned 15 okay. last week. And then I've got a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a 1-year-old. Well, he's almost 1 at the end of the month. Okay, so those first four were all kind of in the same lifespan. <laughs> yes, they were. Yeah, and so then we like pretty much started over. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> this is crazy. But it's fun. And then tell us is your um, how many boys, how many girls do you have? I have four boys and one girl. And is your last the girl? No, she's number four. Okay. And so that was kind of motivation. We're like, I, I have one sister. I have one sister and three brothers. And I thought, you know, it just is so great to have a sister. Let's see if we can have a sister. <laughs> and of course, you know, things go how they go. And, and it's another little boy, but I adore my boys. So we're happy. And I think she feels really happy that she secured the princess spot. Yes, yes. Forever. <laughs> So Lisa, you started a business this past year, which isn't it wild when we are at the busiest seasons of our lives and we're like, hey, let me throw this in here. Yes. Well, the the business actually was in motion before the baby happened. Mm. <laughs> this is, it was a couple years in the making. And so I was thinking, you know, here I am heading into a new phase where all my kids are in school this is going to be great. This is what I'm going to focus my time on. And then my husband and I were just like, well, maybe we need to have one more child. So it all just kind of happened at the same time, but not on purpose. So I think, I think in some ways I'm like, you know, it's just helping me. I can, I'm helping me focus on what is most important because I can't do it all. I can't give my business everything because of my family right now. So it's, it's been keeping my perspectives, my perspective and my priorities in check. <laughs> I always wonder how people that do go all in though and give it all 100% like how do you do that? Yeah. Or is it a facade? Yeah. I I have no idea. I mean, I think maybe it's a facade. I you know, I, I think what I've been learning a lot from business people and trying to follow people and they're like hustle hustle hustle. Mm -hmm. I'm like how could you possibly hustle when you have children? No. Like how could you do that and maintain your mental sanity and your mental health and you know, give your kids what they need and give yourself what you need. It just, I don't, I don't know. There, I know. Well, and specifically, um, I think you commented on the post I wrote on Friday, but it's like, I always think when I have like, oh, mental health stuff going on and like, what if I was like an actual doctor or, you know, mm -hmm. like, what if I actually literally had to show up and serve people in this way? I don't even know how you professionals that do that do that. I, I truly don't. Like, I'm like, what about the people who are like secretary of state president? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I do yes. not. And I don't know that it would be any different if I didn't have kids because I, I go through these phases where I need these mental health like breaks and they sometimes mm -hmm. last like two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> I totally get that. It's so wild. Um, yeah. But your business is like underwear drawers for mm -hmm. yeah. kids. Tell us about yeah. 
that and how it came about and what it is because it's a cool concept. Um, so a couple years ago, we had moved to a new home in a different state. And so, you know, as you're packing and at the end, it's just like, whatever, throw everything in a box. So I had these three boys right in a row and I just threw mm-hmm. all of their underwear in one box. Mm-hmm. And so when I got to, when we got to our new home, I started sorting through this and I was like, this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I don't know whose is whose. I can't read the, the sizes because they rub off. This is taking forever. Somebody needs to invent something to make this easier. And that stuck with me for about a year or two. And I just like, that like marinated in my brain. I'm like, what, what if that's me? Like, what Mm -hmm. if I just do that? And so I started reaching out and trying to figure out how we could make this happen and, um, then develop this concept of color coded underwear. And so we, so each underwear has a colored band and that's corresponds to the size that it is. So you could easily say, Oh, this maroon one is his and this teal one is his and this green one is his. So it's really easy to know what size they are. So that's the general concept and the general idea. And it's really actually been so nice for me. Oh, I love that. It is so hard. I, You know what I have done? We, so we, our kids all sleep in the same room. They're four boys within six years of each other. So they're all pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, and my big two, their dresser drawers in my office. And then the little two, their dresser drawers in their room. Mm-hmm. And I just combine clothes. Like my little mm-hmm. two are 21 months apart and they're, close enough in size that they can basically wear the same size all their clothes are together all their underwears together all their socks are together and then my big boys are 10 and 7 so there's a little bit more of a gap and my oldest is quite a bit bigger so they're like shirts and and pants are separated but their underwear and socks all the same I'm like it's just got that's the one way I can make it easier easier. but I love the color-coded ideas because that's part of the reason I do just clump the underwear together because I'm like I'm not sorting through this yeah yeah it's it's like just one more thing that your brain just doesn't want to have to deal with when you're managing and juggling so many other things. And I don't know how old your boys are. How old are your boys? Um, they are four, six, eight, and 10, almost eight. Oh my gosh. Those are such fun ages. Isn't it? So fun. But I also thought like when you were telling me they're all in the same room, I'm like bedtime must be oh. an, an event. <laughs> you know what though? I feel people always say this. They're like, oh my gosh, all four of your kids are together. But it, I think it makes it easier instead of like trying to do manage two separate rooms. Like we did that. Yeah, that makes sense. When obviously there was a baby in a crib, like that was, you know, we mm-hmm. had like at one point we did have my older two together, baby in a crib, toddler in a crib in separate rooms. But mm-hmm. when we moved, it was like, okay, our youngest was almost three. And I was like, they can just all go together. And, you know, th- a lot of times... We do let our oldest, he stays up a little bit later and sometimes that looks like he comes in the room with us and like lays down for 10 minutes and then leaves the Mm -hmm. room. Um, Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just like, guys, Marshall's staying awake. He's 10. Um, Yeah. And sometimes we let our older two stay up and the little two, you know, it's kind of like a hodgepodge of what we end up doing and it's not this like big strict thing, but... Um, I think they really love it. Like sometimes I go yeah. in there and my four-year-old is in bed with the seven-year-old. And oh my gosh, that's adorable. I actually think it keeps them. I mean, we still have visitors into our bedroom, you know, yeah. multiple times yeah. a week. But um, I think it keeps them from coming in our room more because like they wake up and they're all together. And I just think of the memories they're probably going to have growing up, like talking and laughing and having fun in their room. So that's really cute. That's really fun. Yeah. And then last thing I'll say about that is like, um, I think it's good just for 
when they have roommates, like if they go to college and they have a dorm and it's just like you've learned <laughs> to like share a space with someone and not have your own walk-in closet and you know, like yeah, all these things so that true. kids these days tend to have. I love that. That's awesome. Okay. So I was going to say, we got on a tangent, but I love yeah. hearing about that because yeah. I was so curious. Um, I was going to say, so my, my two boys that are similar sizes, just like yours, um, they're 12 and 10 and okay. they refuse to share underwear at this really? point in their life. Yeah. They're like, no way. It's like their awareness is, uh-huh. is, you know, growing and they're realizing what that means. Yes. Like what body parts <laughs> are touching that underwear? Yes. Yeah. So that, so this has been helpful for that. That is, that is so funny. Um, I, well, for me, I still have to like, I don't know about you, but for my, for my boys, I only have boys. Um, I still have to be like, Hey, do you have underwear on? Like, oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're going to, they'll yes. try if they don't want to be lazy about it or they can't find any underwear because their laundry's not cut up. It's like, I have to make sure they're actually putting their underwear on. Oh yeah. I totally had a boy like that. It was so funny. <laughs> um, I do see that happening soon though. So 10 and seven, yeah. you know, I do see that happening soon, especially with my oldest. He's a little bit more of a shower obsessed kind of guy. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So tell us about thriving motherhood. Did the Instagram account that you run over there, did that start before the underwear business? Yeah, it did. I, so I have been doing that for a long time. I mean, I, I like am embarrassed to admit how long I have with my follower count, but Oh I'm dude, I feel it. you. I feel you it for the follower count. Um, but I started it about five years ago because I just love, I just thought I saw a need for, mm-hmm somebody supporting moms and like giving them encouragement and like, you know, there was no professional development for moms at that point. Mm -hmm. I think Instagram was kind of just starting to head in that direction. And I thought, Hey, like, this is a great place for me to share that. Um, and I intended, I started with the intention of doing like teach, like teaching classes and coaching and workshops. And I actually did a couple um, big conferences. I saw that you had Ralphie Jacobs with simply from simply on purpose. Yes. So she and I did some conferences together back in 2018, I think. Okay. 2018 or 2019. And that was just amazing. We had Jody Moore. I don't know if you know who she is. Jody um, Moore. She's a life coach for moms. Anyway. Okay. Just a powerhouse group of ladies. And that was a blast, but I just felt like it just wasn't what like I needed and what I felt like women needed. Cause there's so many people saying, okay, you should parent like this, mm-hmm. you know, this is what you should do. And I just, when I had conversations with people, they were always like embarrassed to tell me <laughs> things like, mm-hmm. oh, we have to struggle, you know? And I'm like, you don't have to be embarrassed mm. by sharing those struggles because that's part of being a parent is having these struggles and working through them and um, supporting each other through that. So I think my, my purpose has shifted over the years to more of like, let's champion each other and it's okay if we're struggling and here's some ideas of how to kind of work through the struggle. So that's kind of what it is now. Wow. Okay. couple questions. How did okay. you connect with Ralphie and Jody on that? Um, at the time, I think Ralphie was just beginning and okay. we kind of, we kind of connected, and shared a few things. And so she was just starting to grow. So I think I just honestly hit her at the right time. Yeah. Right yeah. Time. Yeah. Cause she's massive. Um, oh yeah. I know. So she, yeah. So, and same thing with Jody. like she was just, she's huge now in the life coaching space. And so I just kind of got him at the right time. Like I just, and I wanted to do some, some speaking and some teaching. And so I thought, you know what, like, I can't wait for people to ask me, I'm mm. just going to create a forum for myself <laughs> to nice. do this. And so Pairing up with them was amazing and people flocked to see the two of them. 
which was awesome. So and this was, it was in a really person. Cool this was in person pre COVID. Yeah. Um, it was called the Thriving Motherhood Conference, and um, it was yeah, it was really fun. It was you created experience. that. That's your name. Yes. Oh, yep. that's so cool. You yeah, know, um, cool. I felt like when I launched this podcast, you know, th- there was a list of like some bigger names I wanted to get on the show right on to, you know, get it, get its wheels off the ground. And I was really, you know, pleasantly surprised that Ralphie agreed to come on the show and mm-hmm. it was really exciting. Um, and I love her message. I did fall into the trap a little bit of following too many of those like positive parenting accounts, which... Mm-hmm. I think this is what you're saying. Like you were kind of going a different direction. I love their messages, but sometimes it's hard to make that. It's hard for it to feel realistic in my own life. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it's, it's very true. And so I think a lot of times I'm, I realize like it's, it's less about like say things this way and do things this way. And it just helps so much more to let, let's focus on what's going on in our own minds and in our, in our own hearts Mm. And then everything else will come out the way that it should, you know, it was kind of backwards for me with boys. I realized I had to kind of manage things in a different way. And especially because I have one kid who, one little boy who is hilarious and amazing, but really tested those philosophies. (laughs) It's like, Mm. this isn't going to work for me, you know? And I realized like, I have to do things different with him and things are going to be different and look different. Um, and he's got some ADD things going on and which makes parenting him a, a different ball game. Totally. And so it just kind of opened my eyes to the fact that there are so many different ways to parent. And the biggest component is we have to be kind to ourselves as parents and as mothers and, and focus on, on that and how we're feeling about how we're doing, because if we feel like crap, we're going to show up and, and treat our kids worse than we'd like to, mm-hmm. you know? So we got to focus on like, okay, I'm just, I'm having a hard time. I'm going to give myself some grace and, and then things will come out a little bit better than they would before. Totally. And you know, it's not to say that I haven't gained a lot from people like Ralphie or another great example is Wendy Snyder, who I've had on this podcast several times and I admire her work so much. I've gained so much from them. Like I've learned a lot about how to communicate in better ways to my kids, but Mm -hmm. it can feel suffocating a little bit like, oh, I blew it. I blew it. I blew it. I blew it, you know, and I don't want to feel like that. And I, you know what? I'm kind of a yeller. Like mm-hmm. it's like I I don't want to be a yeller so much, but like at the end of the day, if I obsess over not yelling, I end up exploding. Yeah, totally, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so we just kind of have to, yeah, change the way we approach things instead of focusing on like, okay, I have to say this right. This has to come out in the perfect way. It does. It gets to us, and we start to feel discouraged, and we lose it. It was funny. I, when you said that (laughs) just the other day, my, my number two, who's my most challenging to parent, I was trying to get him ready to go to church and he was not moving. And I was Mm -hmm. really frustrated. And I'm like, you have got to get, you know, I raised my voice Mm -hmm. and you know, we could call it yelling. Sure. I probably was. And he responded back and he yelled back at me. And it was kind of a funny thing because I'm like, you cannot yell at me. And I said, (laughs) but then it like, registered. I'm like, I know you're yelling at me because I'm yelling at you (laughs) and I will stop. And so it was kind of a funny little exchange because it just sometimes like we just sometimes snap because we're stressed or 
frustrated or tired or whatever. And so it's just realizing like, okay, I see why I'm doing this. I'm going to apologize and we'll start over instead of feeling like you failed, you know? Hey, everybody. The weekend of February 3rd through 5th, I'm going to be down in Jacksonville, Florida for the Donna Marathon weekend. There's a 5K, a half marathon, and a marathon. There's also an ultra challenge and a one-mile fun run for kids. So there's options for everybody. I go to this race every year and run the half marathon. It is such a cool experience. Jacksonville, Florida, you start and finish on the beach. You don't run on the beach, though, so don't worry. We're not running on sand. It is a flat, fast course, and more than anything, it supports breast cancer research and also people walking through a breast cancer diagnosis. This is truly one of my favorite weekends of the entire year. Join me. I'm having a meetup at... 3 p.m. on the Saturday before the race. And also on Friday before the race, we are having a shakeout run at 8 a.m. All that information is in my Instagram profile and my latest reel I did, uh, lindsayhine626. All the details on those meetups are on the Donna Marathon reel that I recently did. Go check it out there. I would love to see you. Go to breastcancermarathon.com. Use the code lindsay10 for 10% off your order. This can be a first time thing for you too. Like this is a great event or a great event to kick off your spring uh, training season. I hope to see you there. Let me know if you're going to come. My email is lindsay at sandyboyproductions.com. Let me know if you're going to come and I can send you more details on meetups and whatnot. All right, friends, enjoy the rest of my conversation with Lisa. I'm so curious what your ideas on are on boundaries on this though, because, and I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, the, um, the tension of generations, you know, it's mm-hmm. like when you have our parents' generation saying like, oh, my kid would have never talked to me like that. Mm-hmm. And so like you're trying, you know, as an elder millennial here, like I'm trying to balance pieces of this positive parenting. Like I respect my kids and they are their own individual humans versus like I am still the adult. There are boundaries. Yeah. You will listen to me. And just because I yell at you doesn't mean you can yell at me. Like, I don't know what sometimes I'm like, I don't know where to go here because I want to yes. do both. Like you need to respect me, but also I respect you. <laughs> yes. I, yeah, I agree. I feel like, um, I, I don't really let my kids yell at me. However, I understand. I try to understand like why they might be. Yeah. Right. So usually when, when that happens, like with my son on Sunday, he's, he's raising his voice at me. I try to say something like, Kate. Hey, are you mad at me? I know you're mad at me. Mm. You know, like it feels like you're mad at me and he'll say yes. And I'll say, okay, I get that you're mad at me. You're allowed to be mad at me, but you can't talk to me that way. Mm -hmm. So let's figure out how you just, you need to just tell me like, mom, I'm super frustrated with you. You know, like, so I'm allowing them to have feelings towards me and realizing like that's going to happen, but also trying to teach them like, this is, this is how you can handle it when you're frustrated with me. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to try to handle it like this when I'm frustrated with you instead of letting you know getting out of control which happens sometimes totally so that's kind of like the dialogue that we'll have to try to work through that together yeah and and I'm also super open with them like when I do explode and I totally do there are times I try to then come back around and say hey this is this is what I'm going through this is why I'm feeling and this is this is why I did what I did and I'm sorry and so they realize like okay mom's a person she has feelings she made a mistake and we're going to try again, you know? So I want them to understand that that's like life and reality. That is, has been huge for me too. And 
I don't want to sound redundant because we talk about apologizing to our kids a lot, like, you know, because mm-hmm. we are human too. Um, but even in these past few weeks when I've had this like kind of mental health battle with my anxiety, it's like I have I have not been my best self as a parent. And like mm-hmm. I have to just explain that to them. Like I'm like, mom's just going through stuff right now. Like, yeah. And if I can just tell them that I I see it in their little eyes that they're like, OK, and they kind of do like handle me with a little bit more care. I mean, not always, mm-hmm. but like in that moment, like they get it. And yeah. I hope what that teaches them is that when they are adults themselves, that like they're still going to go through it. They're still going to have the emotions. They're still going to have those feelings. Yep. I think that's awesome. And that's kind of my, my similar hope, you know, that they can see that we go through things and, and we're teaching them how to go through things that are hard when we're a little more open about it, you know, not that we have to put our burdens on yeah, them. Yeah. I think, you know, there is a careful line there, but it's like, Hey, yeah, I'm having a hard day today. And I feel like I've said that a lot to my kids this year. Like, I know I'm not my best self yep. and I'm sorry. And thank you for being patient with me and things will, we'll get through this and we'll figure it out. Yeah. There's been a lot of that. There's something beautiful about your mom being your safe place. Like I'm like, my mom was never scared of anything. My mom, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? She inched to, yeah. to this day. She's still my rock. So yeah, there's something really beautiful about that too. And I like what you said there about not casting our burdens on them. Yeah, exactly. So one of the things that I love that you talk about is hard, but helpful truths. Mm-hmm. And as I was kind of prepping for this interview, I thought, Oh, we should just name this episode that because there are things we need to just remind ourselves. So I wonder if you could go through some of those hard but helpful truths that you talk about. Yeah, I I thought about these because there was, I think there's this um, idea on Instagram, especially if you follow a lot of parenting accounts, that things should be certain ways. And oftentimes they're not. And so I think when we, when we fight against things that are the truth in parenting, it makes our life so much harder. So I thought maybe I should just start writing these down. I think most of these came because I was kind of like bucking up against these truths myself. Mm-hmm. And when I realized like, I just need to accept this and it's going to feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I started writing them down and started sharing them. So I am, I'll, I'll, do you want me to just go through sure. what I've shared? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the first one I shared is you can't control your kids. And mm-hmm. that one is probably the hardest one. So hard to like wrap your brain around. I think, and I think I'm learning, I think as my kids are getting older, this one is like really proving to be true. And I'm like, no, it's so hard. But when I can let go and just be more of a guiding, like I like to think of myself as like the bowling alley lanes, you know, Mm -hmm. like I'm there to like bump for them to bump up against and like kind of have boundaries and be a protector, but they've got to roll in their own way. You know what? And that reminds me of, you know, this was two years ago, but that reminds me of my conversation with Ralphie. And one of the resounding themes of that episode was like, your kid's behavior does not reflect who you are as a parent. Yeah. And you, you feel like it does because you think, what did I do wrong? Why are they acting like that? And Mm -hmm. you have to like remove yourself from that because you're not making them act a certain way. Um, I mean, and I struggle with that a little bit because I'm like, I mean, certain ways we do things attribute to how they act. So that's hard. But I do think relieving ourselves of that weight is so helpful. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what it does. I think we put so much pressure on ourselves as parents to 
um, make sure our kids are the way we want them to be. Mm. And that adds so much pressure to ourselves and our kids. Like we're frustrated and unhappy when they're not doing the things we think they should and they're feeling trapped and annoyed. And it's just this like explosive, you know, it adds, it adds so much pressure and can end up ruining relationships down mm. the road if we, if we believe that we can't, can control them. And yeah, it's just a hard one. I feel like, you know, you, as you were talking about it, you can tell that your brain kind of resists that mm-hmm. you're like, but I don't want to believe this <laughs> because I, I want to think that I can make them be this way, but you know, we only have so much, so much thing, so much that we can do. Yeah. And you know, beyond being kind and respectful and, you know, giving people that want to be contributing members to society in a positive way, like mm-hmm. beyond that, they're their own person. Like, of course you want to raise them to be those things, but what they are interested in, how they actually communicate, how they receive or give love. Like it's not, it's not you. It's not on you. Yeah. And one of the things I like to think about when I think about this idea is like, I think sometimes we, we have these expectations for our kids and then we get disappointed when they're not meeting those expectations. Mm -hmm. But I want to live in a way where I can just sit back and watch my kids and be delighted by who they are. Mm-hmm. And she'd be like, wow, you know, it's like, it's like you're like, un- it's like an onion that you're like peeling all these layers. That's a bad one for, for kids. <laughs> aren't really good. But you know, you're, you're just like, wow, I didn't know this about you. This is so cool. Or wow, I didn't know that you would react to this hard thing in this way. And instead of like, always feeling disappointed, you know? Yes. So I don't know. I just want to try to live that way. It's something that, especially with my 15 year old, I'm like, I need to, I need to change my heart. And I want to just be amazed and delighted by him, even if he doesn't do things the way I thought. Like, for example, he is now in ninth grade. So everything is counting, right? Like Mm. towards college. Oh, totally. And in his first quarter, he got a really bad grade. Like Mm. he got a D. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I, it was such an interesting moment for me because I'm like, everything that I thought for him could be totally different. Like, co- like going to college, a yeah, certain kind of college. college or, yes. Like we always had our sights set on this one college. I'm like, is it out the door mm. already? And so I really had to confront that. Like, okay, so what if it is, if he doesn't go where I want him to go, is that going to like, what does that mean to me? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just like confronting these, these truths and these like, whoa, like I didn't realize how much I kind of was controlling him and his future and what I wanted for him until that moment. I'm like, I got to let go and just see what happens and just be, you know, support him all along the way and help him be his best self, even if it's not what I think should happen. Yeah. I haven't reached the point of like paying too terribly close attention to grades yet since we're still in elementary and mm-hmm. my oldest enjoy is in, that yeah yes <laughs> right I totally do um my oldest is in fourth and I know from what I hear fifth grade they kind of like really picks up the work a little bit because they're preparing them for middle school and whatnot but um I actually had that thought for the first time ever because my boys have gotten really into college football and mm-hmm. with my husband and they start talking about like what school they want to go to. And for the first time I was like, you know, y'all have to like get really good grades to go to that school, right? Like mm-hmm. this is something that like everything you're doing now is going to be a part of the, what you take to the next grade and the next grade. And, um, I don't know. I've never thought I would be the parent that, cared so much about where my kids go to school. But the thing is, 
is if they really want to go to a school, I want that for them. Yeah. You know, and gosh, some of these schools, like we live in North Carolina, like UNC, that's a really hard school to get into, at least from my breed of people. (laughs) Yep. I know. I think it is. It's like, it's just crazy when the weight of their choices, you realize their choices and the things that they do actually are going to affect their life. It's like a game changer. Like sometimes I like lay in bed Mm -hmm. at night. I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I even going to handle this? How am I going to like manage watching him make choices and, you know, and he has to just like live with the consequences of the choices he makes. It's, it's crazy. So this is a new feeling for me and I'm working through it and it's, it's pretty crazy. Well, yeah, because I mean, you'll have a driver soon. I know in a year. Yep. It's (sighs) so crazy. And so, yeah, go that, that idea that we can't control our kids. I'm learning that real fast and hard right now. <laughs> what, where do you guys live? We live in Salt Lake city, Utah. Oh, just okay. Salt, okay. Salt Lake city. Wow. And so I'm curious too, this is going on a tangent. We're going to get back to the hard, but helpful truths. Um, what does that look like with like babysitting? Cause obviously you're 15 and you're 12. They're like definitely big enough to hold down the fort when needed. Yes, I know. Well, it's, it's awesome, but also it's tricky because my 15-year-old and my 12-year-old like to go do stuff. Yeah. So sometimes they'll watch my baby, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, it's not their favorite thing to do. So yeah. my best babysitter is my 10-year-old. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> he actually – he, like, was born, like, 75 years old. Like, he's just oh, always been, like, this it. old, caring soul. And so I feel very, very – confident Uh in his big sitting abilities and he doesn't like it. Like I sometimes feel like, okay, if we go out, I need to get a sitter. I don't really feel great about leaving Uh a 10 year old and a seven year old and a one year old at home, Yeah, but he hates it. So it's just really tricky. I need to find, my goal is for next year is to find like a reliable, like I don't need a, like a nanny nanny, but I want like a regular person who's like in college Yes, to come, to come help. Yes. Because it is super tricky. Well, right. And like how much do you really want to put on the 10-year-old? Because like maybe he wants to go out and like play with the friends in the neighborhood if you live in a street like that and yes. baby's home. Yeah, no, I totally get that. We, yeah, it's tricky. We do like my husband and I go – my youngest is four. Um, so like you're out of toddler like – those super dangerous ages but um yeah we go for runs in the neighborhood and put my 10 year old in charge like leave my husband's phone we only go a couple miles away at most and I mean it is the most freeing thing it is that for 10 years of my life I never could have imagined without having to pay you know 12 dollars an hour or whatever for yep that that run so um yeah and I didn't realize that it would come so soon like 10 my my 10 year old really can handle that. And I think some people would maybe be a little bit like, what? That's kind of young to have all of them together, but you trust your gut. Oh yeah, totally. Totally. I might, like I said, my 10 year old, I totally trust my 10 year old. So just depends on the kid. Totally. Okay. What's the next hard, but helpful truth. Okay. I'll skip a couple, but I like this one a lot. Um, you will make mistakes because I, again, I think if you do follow too many parenting accounts, it starts to feel like, you should be doing it right. You know, like this is how, this is the right way and this is how you should do it. Mm -hmm. And so I think just like believing the truth that like we're going to make mistakes really alleviates some of that pressure that when we do make mistakes, we don't feel like we're the worst person in the world, but like it's just a mistake and you know, we'll, we'll get through. We'll try again. Totally. Daily mistakes over here. Daily. (laughs) (laughs) Same, same. Um, And then the next one is you will be tired. 
Uh-huh. With parents, like in motherhood, I think there's a lot of complaining about that, which mm-hmm. is totally mm-hmm. understandable. I, I do too. But it's like, if once you accept the truth, like this is, we're just tired because of everything we're carrying and everything we're doing. It's just like, okay, it's okay. <laughs> I can do it. Yeah. I can get through. I can still do this. I, you know, when I had newborns by the second time around, I just decided like, you are making yourself crazy trying to squeeze in a nap. Like, mm-hmm. because you can't sleep, even when you have the opportunity, your body won't let you sleep because you're so obsessed with the fact that you need sleep. And so I just gave up on it and just like, okay, if you lay down and turn the TV on when you have your window of time and that's your rest, that's okay. That is okay. You are resting your body. And it helped me so much because I was so obsessed with, you know, if I slept three hours one night, like, ah, I got to find time to sleep the next day. And it's like, it's just... It wasn't going to happen and I needed to just surrender to it. And then it, you know, works itself out. I've 10 years out now. I've been, I'm sleeping. Yeah, exactly. I think we spend so much time being stressed about the sleep we're not getting that it makes our life so much harder than to be like, it's okay. Like I'm tired, but we're going to continue on. And I know for me, one of the things that I shared is one of my, my hacks, my tired mom hacks is after a certain point, I don't look at my phone at night. Like I get up at 5.30 to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. And so ideally I want to go to sleep by 10.30. But yeah. especially now that my kids are older, that rarely happens. And I used to get so stressed out if I couldn't go to sleep by 10.30. And now I just don't look at the clock. So I don't know how many hours of sleep I'm getting. I just do my thing. And it really is life-changing just because I just, I don't stress. I'm just like, I'll be okay. I got to go to sleep again tomorrow. <laughs> you know? I used to count too. I used to be like, okay, if I'm in bed at nine and I fall asleep by 10 and I get up at five and it's like, there's really no point of doing that. Especially if you're not the kind of person that like sleeps, doesn't sleep like soundly through the night, you're going to have yeah. wakes here and there. You just obsess over it. Like, uh, I, my husband it does the sleep tracker on his watch and mm-hmm. it doesn't bother him though. Like if his watch says five hours and he knows he needs more than that, he's like, eh, it's fine. I'll get it tomorrow. Yeah. More often than not, he's at like eight, eight or nine hours though, which is crazy. That's uh, so nice. It's so good. Um, yeah. But good part, part of it is that he doesn't obsess over it and he just like lets it happen. Yeah. I think that's so good. And I, you know, I'm thinking about all the people who are really like strong, like you got to get, you got to self care and sleep Mm. and you got to get your sleep. And hearing this might be like, what are you talking about? This is so wrong. But I just think like an ideal world. Yeah, sure. Like we should all get eight or nine hours of sleep. But like the reality is as a busy mother, that doesn't happen all the time. No. (laughs) So we just need to stop stressing about it. And also with exercise, I'll say, because when you said, oh, you get up at 530 and go work out every day, like there are times when I can do that, but there are times where I can't. And Mm -hmm. today, for an example, I was like, you know what, Lindsay, you need to move your body. You are going to run for 30 minutes and that is going to be plenty. That is going to be more than enough and move on to the next thing. Yep. And there are days where I run seven miles a day. I mean, weeks where I run seven miles a day. It's just like you have to like ebb and flow. Yep. That has been so huge for me this time around. So I, before having this baby, I actually love that you're like a runner. I was a huge runner. Mm-hmm. Um, I've run some marathons and stuff too. And so it was like huge for me to work out at least an hour every single day. Mm-hmm. Like that was just what I did. That was like my key to my mental health. And after having this baby, I, I cannot do that. Mm. And I've had, so I do it. I for sure two days a week, get up at five 30 and I work out. And then I try to work out three or four times a week, which is like been such a mental struggle for me, which sounds so dumb, but like 
it's been hard, but I've had to kind of talk myself down. Like you will be fine. Like this is not the phase of your life where you're, you can work out six days a week and you're going to be okay. And that's helped a lot for me to just like realize there's times and seasons and this is just a different season for me. I, yeah. Different focus. I totally resonate with that. And also on the days where I don't exercise, I'm more than likely now there are days where I surrender to the couch. There are days, let me tell you. Um, but more than likely I'm not laying around all day. I'm like cleaning up the house. I'm like raking the yard. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm, I'm not being a totally still person. And again, there are days where I do do that, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think too, just as a society, if everybody would just move their bodies 30 day, 30 minutes, most days of the week, we would collectively be happier. A quick break here to thank Gooder for supporting this podcast. Gooder is the best place to get sunglasses. I'm telling you, they are fashionable, functional, and they don't break easily. That is important. They have really cute styles, really funky styles, but they also have really classic styles as well. And so they have something for every mood or occasion. And when you go to gooder.com slash another, you can save 15% off your order. Just use the code another one five for 15% off. Thank you, Gooder, for supporting the Sandy Boy Productions Podcast Network. And friends, back to the show. And one of the other things just going on this topic that I love that you talk about is that rebuilding phase of our lives. Mm-hmm. You had a post about that and um, said that there's tremendous strength in re- the rebuilding phase of our lives. And mm-hmm. I think that's so important because we oftentimes think back to when we were at that peak fitness or that peak productivity, you know, I, you know, I think about like my peak marathon fitness, which was, you know, five years ago now. And it's, it's like, sometimes we get envious of where we were and like, why can't I have that now? But I was just thinking about that when I finished my sweet little 30 minutes today, I was like, you do not have the capacity to be there right now, mentally, Mm -hmm physically, emotionally, like you don't, you don't really want that. You, you're glamorizing that, but I don't think you really want that. Yeah. And if you think about the effort that it took for you to do that 30 minutes this morning versus like the effort to train for marathon, it is probably comparable, you know, like for you and what you're going through, I think we just have to recognize the effort and the power and the strength in giving the effort that we're able to in the moment, instead of getting caught up on where we used to be. Cause I think we can get so stuck and that just brings us down even more when we're just like, Oh, but I used to be mm-hmm. it's like, so you're not now and that's okay. What are you now? And, and focus in on what that is and, and go from there. I love that. Yeah. And I, in that running world that I'm in, it's like, sometimes it can be hard to not get caught up in that because you're like, but they're doing this, but they're doing mm-hmm. that, but they're almost 40 and they're 45 and they're doing this. And it's like, yep. well, they might really enjoy that right now. I don't think you would enjoy that right now. Yeah. And that's been a huge shift for me on the topic of running. I, I feel like it is so, it was such a huge part of my identity Yeah, and I'm just not right now. And yeah. it's crazy to me. I'm like, but I'm a runner. Yes. <laughs> yes. But I can't, you know, it's hard to realize like I'm not right now, but I can be again if I want to. Um, it's just so weird when you kind of have your identity wrapped up in that to like unravel it and be like, Oh, but that's not every part of who I am. I don't know. It's kind of a crazy phase. It's so crazy. What do you do now? Like what's your favorite form of exercise? So I really, really am enjoying, well, I'm 40 now. And mm-hmm. so I do a lot. I'm trying to emphasize more like 
weightlifting. Uh-huh. And so I do some weightlifting. I go to a class that's like hit and I like shred weightlifting. So it's pretty high intensity, but it, it just, I love it right now. It's good for me. Yeah, that's what they say. It's time to start heavy lifting when you're sort of, I mean, you just had a baby. We're, we're still in the fertile phase, but like you start heading into perimenopause and it's like that heavy lifting is so important. I know. I know. And I, yeah, I really love it. And so that's kind of helped me be able to let go of like the running and the long, the long distance running. Cause I'm like, okay, this is what my body needs right now. I'm going to be okay. <laughs> so it's been good. I've loved it. How did you handle, and then we'll wrap after this because I know we're running out of time here, but how did you handle turning 40? I think I have intense, I think that it's part, that's what's part of my anxiety recently. I'm going to yeah. be 40 next year and I think it's like really freaking me out. Yeah. It's kind of a weird age because you realize, I think you always kind of think about, I, maybe I think about like my parents as 40, right? Oh, yeah. Like in my mind, they're 40. And, you know, all the things they were doing and like had accomplished and I'm like here, I'm like, wait, but I still feel the same as I was. Yes. And I realized like there's people who are 20 years younger than me that are 20, like yes. 20 still an adult. And so it's just kind of a weird mind game. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it's been, it's been interesting because I do, I thirties were awesome. I felt great. And then 40, I'm like, whoa, I am a middle aged person. Yes. <laughs> It's official. It's official. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I also am realizing like life is, there's still so much awesome stuff ahead. Oh, I and I know, I, I feel like there, I look back and realize my, how much my perspective has grown and changed. And I'm like, okay, I'm okay. Because, mm-hmm. because of all that I've gained in these 40 years and, and I think what I realize the most now is I just know nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's a really helpful place to be in because it <laughs> makes you open and teachable and your expectations are more realistic. And, you know, so I'm, I'm leaning into that and just feeling like, okay, this is where I'm at. <laughs> I, um, when I was driving home from dropping my youngest off at school this morning, I was thinking about it and my mom was 39 when I graduated high school. She was really young. Oh my God. Yeah. And so then I have one more sister that's three years younger and one that's two years older. So she was 37 when my oldest mm-hmm. graduated. Um, and it's like, you were 39 when I graduated high school. Like, mm-hmm. I just can't imagine, like, what were your, her 40s, her 40s were also so different than what my 40s will be because she was yeah. pretty much done raising her kids. Whereas, you know, she did a lot of kid raising in her twenties when I did not. Mm-hmm. So it's just mm-hmm. wild to think about because I felt like she was so not old in a like negative sense, but just like grown and old and I'm still, mm-hmm. I still feel childlike to my mom. Yeah. And I think that's, what's probably so interesting and given me perspective too, is our parents probably feel the same way as we do now. Yeah. You know, like, yes, whoa, yes. how did I get here? I don't feel old enough to be here. Yes. Yeah. When I look around and I'm like, just yesterday, I was seriously sitting on my couch and my five kids were just like sitting around talking and, you know, and I'm like, what, how did I get here? Yes. You're all <laughs> like having adult, like not adult, but like real conversations here. Yeah. And just like seeing all the children I have, I'm like, whoa. So I think I have a lot of moments like that where it's just like, yeah, just like the realization of where I'm at and, and how much life I've lived. And, and I don't know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I saw four ladies. I saw four ladies that looked to be probably in their seventies and eighties 
walking down uh, the shopping center I go to to get my to get my coffee the <laughs> four days a week probably <laughs> um, uh-huh. my midday coffee and um, I just was thinking like what is your story like are you guys all yes. friends are you sisters what are you talking about what are you scared of do you still feel yeah. like you did when you were fifty like you're yeah. you're just human too. Yeah. I think that's a cool part about being 39, 40 and, and beyond is you realize that everybody has a story. Everybody has this life experience and it helps you be more like offer grace to people mm-hmm. because you're like, I realize that this person probably is going through a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and I can understand that. And I don't know, it just kind of, you just see, see people differently because you've experienced more of life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool. I do too. Realizing like, okay. Yeah. Like just see what you're saying. Like, what's your story? Totally. It takes some perspective to get there. Okay. We're going to wrap up here with Into Podcast. Okay. What is something now you just accomplished something really big launching this business, uh, Mm -hmm. but what is something professionally or personally you would like to do that you haven't done yet? Professionally with my business, I would love to partner with some kind of charity to help less privileged kids, Mm. like help clothe them. I think that would be really cool. Um, And personally... I can't even think about anything beyond getting through tomorrow. <laughs> Honestly, I think I wrote something down, but I'm like, I don't have my paper and I don't remember. Um, I don't know. Just, I would love, I, one thing I'm really excited about doing is taking my kids places, yeah. like just showing them the world, giving them experiences. We live kind of in a sheltered part of the world and I just want them to see, I just want them to see things and get to know people, cultures and stuff like that. Yeah. And with your kids' ages too, I'm curious how you, you'll do that because I'm like, okay, when my youngest is five or six or seven, we're getting close. Like, is that the time? Because they're, you know, you, you don't really want to drag a toddler around everywhere, but I guess you have a lot of helpers with your baby now yeah. with big kids. Yeah. I, that was one thing we were like at the point, I'm like, oh, we can travel so much. And then we had a baby and <laughs> I had the realization, like, I can't wait. Like my oldest is 15. So we're actually taking them on a big, our first international trip in the spring. Nice. And I'm terrified, but excited. Like, I know it's going to be hard, but like, it'll be worth it. Where are you I going? Just I just don't want to wait. Um, we are going to Belgium. Nice. So it'll be cool. I, you know, we're going to do a big loop. And I know there's a lot of, I, I want to, there's like Ukrainian, a lot of Ukrainian refugees in Belgium. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to do something there to help them. So I don't know. I think it'll be a cool experience, hopefully. Yeah. And going there with a toddler is totally different than going there with like two toddlers, a baby and a five-year-old. Yes. Like you're, yes, I just have one here. Yep. Hold this child for a minute. 12 year old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, that's what I'm telling myself. I'm like, it'll be fine. We'll be good. Yep. Um, what is the best, most recent book you've read? I, so the one that comes to mind, this is a total light fluffy read because when I'm reading, I just want an escape. Mm-hmm, totally. <laughs> it's called oh. Book Lovers okay. by Emily Henry. Oh, She's, yeah. I just, they're just fun escape books. And that was just so fun. I mean, read. there's nothing better than a fun escape book. Yep. I will say, is she the one that wrote Friends on Vacation or something? People, you Yes. Know? I didn't like that one. I, I didn't really either. And so I was very surprised. I was pleasantly surprised by this one. Okay, I good. I feel like it was a lot. I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. But yeah, I didn't really like the vacation one. Yeah. The vacation one, I was like, these characters are getting on my nerves. Like, I I don't know. The development wasn't super great or there was just something irritating about the main girl. Like, I don't know what it was, but, um, you know what? One, one 
bad book by an author does not, I do not write an author off just because yeah. I don't like one of their books. Like right. um, an example is Taylor Jenkins Reid. Do you know her? Books? I don't. I need to write her down. Oh my gosh. She is one of my favorite authors and several of her early books are like just pretty basic and she just wasn't developed yet as a writer. Yeah. And then her middle three, like her uh, Daisy Jones and the Six. Oh, I read that one. Oh yeah, that's her. I didn't realize she wrote. Okay, yeah, I like that one. That Se- was fun. Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. I read that one. Okay, see, you are I a fan. I didn't know who wrote it. <laughs> and then Malibu Rising. Did you read that one? Oh, no, I didn't. Okay, that's another great one by her. Okay. Um, but then her most recent book, Carrie Soto is Back. Like, it was good, but it did not compare to those three, in my opinion. Yeah. So I'm still like, her next one's going to be good again, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have faith. Have faith in her. Okay, book lovers it is. We'll we'll put that okay. on our list. Give it a try. Do you have a kid's book or a teen, preteen book you recommend? Um, I really love the books. I love that they are doing young readers editions of things. And one book that I read with my son, which since you have boys, you'll like this was unbroken, the young readers edition. Okay. And I, as a boy mom, just sobbed as I'm reading the story of this kid and, you know, going through all he went through. This is somebody's son. Um, but I think it was really cool to read that with my son to realize like people sacrifice so much and have sacrificed so much. So that's a great one. That's uh, Louis Zepperini, right? Yep, Louis okay. Zepperini. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, Zepperini, yeah. I read that book and watched the movie, so I did not know they had a young readers edition. So that's, mm-hmm. I think that's so important too to read that stuff with your kids to like, yeah. you know, because one of my biggest struggles as a parent is like, I feel like my kids just don't understand how good they have it and how easy their life is, and I want mm-hmm. them to see, I want them to see more. Yep. Yeah, there's okay. So along those lines, I know we're trying to wrap up, but I'll yeah. show you really quick. There's a cool Instagram account that we just I started showing my kids. It's called Murph's Life. Okay. M U R P H F S no P P H S Life. Okay. Um, and he helps these kids in these third world countries and like shows videos and shows their stories. And so I've been showing my kids because I'm like I want them to see these people, these kids, and have you know have them have a desire to help, but also recognize like whoa, like we have a lot. So yes. it's a cool, it's a cool follow. My kids don't have Instagram, but I just show them for my phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a book I recommend on that, on that, um, in that line is A Long Walk to Water. Have you read that? I have not read it. I've heard of it. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. And we just read it. I read, I read it to my kids. I mean, it's my oldest could read, could read it. He's, he's not the best reader for a 10 year old, but like he, he could definitely handle it on his own slowly if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's a story of one of the lost boys from South Sudan and it's so cool because I actually had the opportunity to interview one of the lost boys, Lopez Lamong, on my what? podcast for runners. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So cool. And so this story is about one of the kids that for all we know could have been, you know, traveling with Lopez at some point mm-hmm. um to the refugee camps. And <laughs> I always have this like really I have to like bite my tongue though when like my kids are complaining walking the half mile to school specifically my kindergartner does because I'll be like don't you remember what Salva did (laughs) he walked for three years you can walk a half a mile to school and then I'm like Lindsay this isn't fair you can't say that yeah 
but anyway, I really recommend that book. That's it's okay. a really good one. And my and you know, some of my kids think about ponder on it and think about it more than the others. Like my seven year old, like you can really see him thinking through this and like picturing himself in the situation. Whereas my ten year old's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like It's a book. Yeah. Uh huh. Like this is just a book. Yeah. Um, okay. And then two more questions. Where is someone where is somewhere fun? Or like a place or an adventure that you've been to with your kids that you would recommend? We, last spring, no, two springs ago, we took them on a Gulf Coast tour. Like we went to, we flew into Louisiana. Okay, well, I'll back up and say one of my kids, one of my sons wants to hit all 50 states. So we've been planning these trips where we can like hit multiple states. Mm. In one trip. So this was one of the ones that we planned. So we flew into New Orleans and we went to Mississippi, Alabama, and ended up in Florida. Nice. And it was so fun. Louise, I was so, I was kind of a little bit nervous taking kids to New Orleans. Yeah. I was like, what are we doing? Wait, this is probably a bad idea. But we loved it and my kids loved it. So it was awesome. Have you, have you guys been to North Carolina yet? Well, my husband and I actually lived in Charlotte for a period of time. Oh, Okay. Just we did an internship there. He did an internship there. Okay. Um, but yeah, we want to come to North Carolina. That was one of our on our list is North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia. Well, if you do North Carolina, I guess you're gonna have to go to Charlotte and show them your old stomping grounds. I know. We just lived uptown. Okay. And we didn't even have a car because we were in New York City at the time. So <laughs> we spent a lot of time uptown Charlotte. Oh, like you just like walked to place like you lived there so you could like we walk lived everywhere. There. Yep. Yep. I'm all about a walking life and you know, we, we have one car. I don't know how long that's going to last, but I love, mm-hmm. I love consolidating and making anything a bike or a walk trip and being yeah. in the car as little as possible. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a very unique perspective in, in the U S. So that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is your last message to leave with our audience? I would say that you're doing a really good job where you are and give yourself grace, give, let yourself make mistakes and you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job, everybody. Thanks for That's being the here. Message. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Lisa, for joining the conversation. Again, you can find Lisa on Instagram. She's thriving motherhood over there. Definitely check out the color-coded underwear that she's got, Drawers Co. You can find me. I'm Lindsay Hine 626 on Instagram, at Lindsay Hine on Twitter. And learn more about all the podcasts in our network at sandyboyproductions.com. Thanks for being here and we'll see you next week.